News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Got some uh, news here. Oh, there are... The North Carolina political media is pouncing, seizing, if you will. All right, welcome to the show. It's about Mark Robinson, and I will get to it. But uh, welcome to the program, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also hit me up on the email, Pete at thepetecallinershow.com. And you can also hit me up on Twitter, which is basically where I live, at Pete Calliner. So, the uh, U.S. Senator, rather, from Louisiana, uh, sorry, Louisiana, John Kennedy. After the exchange you heard uh, in the previous hour with Marsha Blackburn, John Kennedy then tries to suss out Judge KBJ's opinion in a discussion about fundamental rights versus the enumerated rights. Enumerated rights are the ones that are listed in the Constitution. And then the fundamental rights, they're unenumerated. They're not listed, per se, in the Constitution, but the Supreme Court has found them, let's say, these fundamental rights. Maybe a better example, it's a very hot topic today, Uh, the, 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 the right of a transgender woman to compete in women's sports. Do you think Congress, uh, the people ought to get to decide that through Congress, or the judge can just find it as an unenumerated right, a penumbra of the Constitution? Well, Senator, that um, the topic that you raised is something that is... um, as you say, a hot topic today and yeah. could certainly be, lit- be litigated. Um, so I'm not in a position to to say more about w- whether or not um, it's right. actually one of the unenumerated rights. Well, I, 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 I don't want to ask you how you'd rule, but would you have any problem saying, okay, if that case that is litigated, saying this is a political question? Whoa, stop. I'm staying in my lane. Congress needs to, to decide this case. The people need to decide that through their elected representatives. Well, Would that be appropriate? Well, respectfully, Senator, that is a decision. In other words, you, you say I'm not asking you to decide it, but um, in every case, the determination about whether or not something is a political question or whether or not the court has or has not jurisdiction is uh uh, an issue for judges, and so I'm I'm not able to speak to it. All right, so listen, she's not even willing to say that, yeah, by and large, I would default to the lawmaking body to make the law. She can't even bring herself to say that, which would leave her tons of room. This is the, the Ginsburg rule that, oh, I can't comment on anything that might come before the court, which was, of course, an excuse to shield her from her own left-wing activism as a lawyer. So this way she didn't have to answer tough questions about that sort of stuff because, oh, it's a hypothetical. Something like that could come before the court, so I don't want to say what my opinion would be because I don't want to, you know, send any signals about how I might rule. But there's nothing – look, I say, I, some, I say something similar to this all the time. I say my default position is towards freedom. That does not – that does not, you know, wed me to any particular outcome in every single circumstance. Of course not. Life is about nuance and complexity. There's a lot of gray area. It's not always black and white. And so, of course, there are circumstances that might, pre- might present themselves in, um, 
uh, in a particular case that would prompt you to rule in a different way. But you don't have to commit to ruling any which way specifically. You could say, generally speaking, yes, I would I would leave the lawmaking to the lawmaking body. That's a rejection of judicial activism. But she won't even do that. She can't even do that. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing about the fundamental rights. That's why I ask you about the definition of them. These are unenumerated rights now. I'm not talking about right to free speech and freedom of, of, of religion. The court has said repeatedly that there is no test for a fundamental right, that the determination has not been reduced to a formula. Am I right? Well, they're, they've given those standards in the cases in which they have been evaluated. In some cases. Sometimes the court talks about this fun, these unenumerated fundamental rights have to be deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. Sometimes the court says, they change the language, these, these unenumerated rights, like the right to assisted suicide we talked about, it's a potential unenumerated right. Uh, the right has to be implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. But you've read Obergefell. And Obergefell, I think Justice Kennedy wrote that opinion. He didn't bite. In fact, he cited with approval uh, Justice Harlan's dissent in Poe v. Ullman. And Justice Harlan said, look, there's no formula here. Justice Harlan always said... You have to go case by case. Can you understand why some Americans go, wait a minute, are justices, these are unenumerated rights, are justices interpreting the Constitution or are they just deciding a right when they get five votes and it's just a moral conviction? That, that's the one they're doing. Yes, Senator, I do understand. Right. She doesn't answer again, but she says she understands why people might think that way. Yeah, because that's what's happening. That has been happening for a very, very long time on the court for most of my adult life. There's no test for these fundamental rights that Supreme Court justices conjure up. They, they, they divine out of the living, breathing document. And so, yeah, Americans look at these guys as essentially politicians. And if you can get five votes. Oh, and by the way, this has been the view for a lot of people on the right, as I said, for most of my most of my life. Ironically, though, now that conservatives make up the majority of the court. Now, the left believes that now you have people on the left saying that, oh, they're just politicians with robes They're, they're they're just acting as ideologues. But when they controlled the courts, it's sort of like the fair maps in redistricting. Fair maps means maps that we win. And a fair court means courts where we control and courts where we issue rulings and we get to tell everybody what to do. We'll tell you what the laws are. That's what they mean by fair courts or impartial judiciary. That's what the, that was the term that they threw around in North Carolina. So... She's not answering this question again. She also refused to give an opinion on court packing, which I understand why that that is a purely political uh, uh, issue. However, as a member of the court, you are about to be, one would think you would have an opinion about it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had an opinion about it. Uh, Justice Breyer had an opinion about it. And they both opposed it. 
packing the court, which is not filling vacancies, lefties. It's not filling open vacancies. Packing the court is growing the court, adding new seats, and then stuffing your people into them. That's why it's unethical and corrupt. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete of the show. If you want to join me, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Thanks so much for listening, by the way. I do appreciate it. Let's go over to Stan. He wants to chat. Hello, Stan. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing today, Pete? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? That's good. Okay. I, I, have, I have a point that I want to try to get across here. All right. It has to do with the very idea of sexism. You, what, we, what we've had in society in the past is we've got we've had we've been able to decide when sexism could be used and when it couldn't be used. I, uh, you know, the WNBA. You ask them; they know what the definition of a woman is because it's in their title. It, I don't uh, think I don't think they know actually. I don't think well, that they. <laughs> this is the thing. I don't think they'd actually be able to say because if you pose that question at a press conference to the head of the women's NBA or the WNBA or the NBA, whoever's in charge of it, if you pose that question, I think you get a very similar answer. That- you, 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 you might, but here's the whole, here's the overriding moral point. The moral point is if your moral point to this point has been sexism of any kind is wrong, any kind, then the WNBA has to be sexist. The LPGA has to be sexist. The Olympics have to be sexist. The way you have is a society who has tried to decide, okay, we get to decide when sexism is allowed and when it isn't. And we as a society right now need to decide something. Is there such a thing as sex and gender, or is there not? Right now we're stuck in the middle. Yeah, I'm not sure I follow along with the tying of that point that you just made, which I agree with, that we are in the process of deciding this. And uh, I've quoted Jordan Peterson uh, frequently over the years. He's a, a clinical psychiatrist and a YouTuber guy, uh, a Canadian. And he, um, uh, he talked about, like, w- when you know women in the workplace, for example, this is historically speaking, this is a fairly new phenomenon. Like women in an office setting with men, this has only been it's only become very prevalent across America and across many countries um, in the last you know thirty, forty years, fifty years of human evolution. And so, to think that we know how all of the of this stuff is supposed to work is a little. I mean, it's probably a little bit of hubris, right? Uh, we, we, we don't know what some of this stuff is about. And he gave the example of makeup. Should, you know, why, why do women wear makeup to the office? Should you ban makeup in the office place? Because why are you wearing makeup? To make yourself look prettier, what, right? That is the, that's the reason why women wear makeup. So why would you want to be prettier when you go to the office? Why are you coming to the office trying to be pretty? So there are all these types of questions, yes, that do arise. I don't know if I get your connection to sexism, though. No, I guess he didn't either. <laughs> Stan, I, I don't know why. I, I went back to you. Um, so I, I don't know what, maybe I'm missing it. Or is he is he trying to use the term discrimination? Maybe that's what that was about. Maybe he's using sexism as discrimination. Sexism is the belief that one sex is superior to another. Generally, your own is superior to the uh, to the other, right? Discrimination is... 
treating people differently based on that immutable characteristic. And so I think maybe that's what he was getting at. Because, yes, the WNBA is discriminatory, just like the NBA is discriminatory. It discriminates against men or women, depending on which league you're in. And this is why when the whole HBT, uh, HB2 thing blew up and the NCAA said, we're not coming to North Carolina. Okay, well, where are all the women playing in your March Madness tournaments? How come they don't get to make the cut? Right? How come they're not on those teams? Why aren't you playing co-ed basketball teams? That is the way this should be going then, right? There should be no discrimination in the leagues. That's the point. The science says, the science and data, that says that men and women are physiologically different. And because of those differences, they excel at different things. There's not one is better or worse. It's that they are different and they excel at different things. And men have physical, inherently physical, generally speaking, physical uh, uh advantage when testing physicality. So if you're going to be competing in a test that requires physical strength and endurance and such, then generally speaking, not in all cases, hashtag not all cases, but not in all cases, but generally speaking, men are going to perform better because they have the genetic code that makes them better at certain things just like women have genetic code that make them better at other things. And that's, but that's why you have the different leagues. And I feel like an idiot having to explain this to like, I feel like I'm talking to, you know, I feel like I'm Roy Cooper. This, so Roy Cooper, now it makes sense. Roy Cooper talks like this because he's talking to his base and they have to be told things like this that are very obvious. (laughs) I'm Kamala Harris. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Another per So, oh, I don't have time to play the clip, but I'll play it after the break. Senator, U.S. Senator John Kennedy. He is trying to get Judge KBJ to acknowledge uh, that the lawmaking body should probably decide on how to make the law. That should be up to the people because there's no test for fundamental rights. But she's like, I have no opinion on that. I have no opinion on the transgender thing. I have no opinion on court packing. I have no opinion on what message it sends to girls playing sports when a guy can transition and not actually do any surgery and then just, like, win all of the school records. She has no opinions on any of those things. She has no opinion on one other issue. We'll get to that in a minute. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's go to Billy. Hello, Billy. Welcome to the show. What's up? How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Hey, I think, I, I think everybody is confused. I mean, uh, are women different than men? Yes. Yes. Are people going to say they're not? Okay. Then why do we have specific crimes as it relates to 
assault on a female. Right. You know, why is that different if we're the same? And the same goes, you know, this is not an exact analogy, but how people address things, very confusing for me. There is an ad for handicapped people and how you should react around the disabled. Mm -hmm. uh, One of the examples they give is that, you know, you don't have to open the door for us. You you know, we're not invalids. And, you know, kind of talking about they are able to do things, don't feel sorry for them. Mm -hmm. And they also say, hey, don't park in our handicapped space. Well, if, if you're totally good with everything, why do you have a handicapped space? You know, so, why don't you walk like everybody else from the distance? So, you know, it's very confused. People help other people because they want to be helpful, whether you're handicapped or you're a female opening the door. I mean, why demonize everything and everybody for trying to be kind? I mean, you don't know, should I open the door for this person? Should, you know, am I going to get called a sexist or, or what? So I- no, I think we lost people Bill. that are just oh. plain numb. They don't engage anything because they're scared. Yeah. So this is so my solution because you know me, Billy. I'm all about solutions. My solution is that I hold the doors closed on people. This way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have to ever be accused of it. No. What what you're describing what? is is a state of confusion, and it it it, it permeates uh, much, if not all, of our society now, and that is purposeful. That is by design. It's why I was mentioning earlier postmodernism. This is the point of it. It is to create chaos in order to destroy. If you don't know what the rules are, then you you are more easily uh, led. If you don't know what the truth is, what is reality, you are more easily manipulated. That's the point. And so all of the sowing of division is purposeful. You're exactly right. And they talk about the disparity in pay, paying of WF, uh, women basketball players. Well, that's all as it relates to the audience. You know, if the, if the women basketball players would draw the audience that men do, whether it's the live audience or TV audience, they would generate the revenue. It has nothing to do, I don't want to watch women play basketball. We're not paying them. No, it has to do with, you know, who's watching you, how much revenue can be generated by the people who are generating that revenue. It doesn't have to deal with their genitals. I mean, it's money. Yeah, thanks for sliding that one in. I appreciate it. Billy, appreciate it. It's not about that. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree that there is a whole, you're getting into now the, the TV packages and all of that stuff and the the financial incentives around all of these leagues. And uh, look, I'm a limited government guy. I'm not a fan of any of the largesse that gets bestowed upon any of these major league sports uh, operations and leagues. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of any of that. Uh, that being said, I am aware that the U.S. national women's soccer team got beat by, like, some 15-year-olds that were boys. They, they had some scrimmage. They had some match some years ago, and they got beaten by some high school kids. So there is obviously a difference. Now, maybe they weren't trying because they were going to let the kids win, whatever. But either way, there is there are differences in my only point there was to say that the the sowing of confusion is in fact on purpose there's another reason by the way which is if you can uh, if you can drive a wedge between parents and their kids then it's easy you are it, the kids become more easily manipulated and one of the ways you can do that is by 
teaching the kids a whole new vocabulary, a whole new, quote, reality. And then when the kid goes home and tells the parent, hey, this is what I learned in school today. And the parent says, that's insane. And then the kid says, you just don't understand me. And then, boom, there's your wedge. And it pushes the kid away from the family unit. And the family is one of the first principles of conservatism. That's the the preservation and protection and the holding of the family as uh, sacrosanct. That is one of the first principles. So uh, it is purposeful. It is intentional. Let me go to James. Hello, James. Welcome. What's going on? Hey. Hey, Pete, I, I heard an analogy the other day that really puts this gender and athletics thing into perspective. So picture two pieces of earth-moving equipment, two excavators. One is a Kubota, one is a John Deere, and the John Deere is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. The Kubota has a one-yard bucket on the end of the boom. The John Deere has a three-yard bucket on the boom. And if you put them side-by-side side on a construction site with a skilled operator and you put 10 gallons of diesel fuel in each one and run them for a half an hour... The Kubota will move 100 yards of dirt. The John Deere will move 300 yards of dirt. Mm-hmm. You can peel the label off the John Deere and stick it on the Kubota, and it's still going to move 100 yards of dirt in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. You can even put the big bucket on the Kubota. And because its hydraulics and its horsepower are limited, it's still not going to move 300 yards of dirt. <laughs> Those are facts. And I appreciate so, you uh, outlining the that. In- argument, there are just some biological facts that I'm sorry that swimmer posing as a female is shouldn't be swimming against females. Yeah, Here. and it, it, I, I think I got to believe the vast majority of people agree with us on that. James, I appreciate the call and uh, thank you for outlining the analogy in such a way that even I could understand the uh, the analogy. No, really, because I, like, I, he started talking about heavy machinery. I thought, oh, this is not going to go well for me. I don't have any idea what this stuff is he's talking about. Thank you, James. I appreciate the call. <music> News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So the... Uh, Confirmation hearing for Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, she's being asked all sorts of questions to, you know, what's your opinion about this? And can you define a woman? She says, no, I can't actually. Um, another personal belief. So she listed several, like uh, uh, she has no opinion uh, about uh, uh, girls looking at other girls competing in a sport and not being able to win because a man who says he's a a, a girl then beats all of them. And what are, what are those girls supposed to think when they see that? And she has no opinion about that, but she does have an opinion about how she is a good role model for other girls, particularly black girls, uh, 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 people of color, because she, her success can inspire them to achieve great things. And so, uh, so she's a good role model. She can totally opine and, uh, put herself in the shoes of other people and make that kind of assessment. But when it comes to girls looking at other girls being, you know, denied opportunities to win championships, she has no opinion about that whatsoever. She has no opinion about what the definition of a woman is, even though she identified herself as a woman and a role model as such. But no, she has no opinion about court packing. She could not uh, weigh in on any of that. Um, but she says, look, um, although, so John Kennedy from Louisiana 
he's asking her, you know, about court packing. She refuses. But he does get her to admit that she does, in fact, have an opinion about court packing. But it's a personal belief that would not influence any of her legal reasoning. Another personal belief, she said, that would have no influence on any of her opinions, any of her rulings. When does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. Do you have I, a I belief? I have um, personal, religious, and otherwise beliefs that have nothing to do with the law in terms of when life begins. Do you, do you have a personal belief, though, about when life begins? I have a religious view. Religious belief? That I set aside when I am ruling on cases. Okay. When- so that's important for this reason. She says she, uh, she has a religious view. She doesn't say belief. She says view that she sets aside when it comes to weighing the merits of cases. Because there is no... Um, religious litmus test you're not allowed to have religious litmus tests for public office so that's the escape hatch there that's why she's saying that when when does uh when does equal protection of the laws attach that's the question that is the question anytime the abortion debate comes up i urge you to learn that sentence or i say when legal rights obtained when did when does When does a person have the rights? When does that happen? When do they attach? That's actually what the debate is over because science has actually already settled when life begins. It is conception. So life, we already know that now. They didn't during Roe v. Wade, but science has answered these questions for us. So the question is what Kennedy asked. When do the rights attach? Because once somebody has the rights, you don't get to, you don't get to snuff out their life, right? So when do they have the rights? Listen. To a, to a human being. Well, Senator, um, I believe that the Supreme Court, um, actually, I, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. All right. That's amazing. She doesn't know. She has no idea how to answer that question. No idea. When does equal protection of the law attach? And she can't answer it. This is a perfect example of why this is the argument you need to adopt in discussion about abortion policy. If you are pro-life, you need to argue like this. Because think about it. Even as I think, who is it, Dick Durbin called her the most qualified person to ever be nominated, I think is what he called her. Even a left-wing Supreme Court nominee cannot articulate a response. They cannot formulate an argument to that question. It's why it works. I've been using it for years. I've encountered, every time I've used that that same argument, that's the response I get to. Because once you start down, once you get to a number, sometimes you'll end up with a number, they'll say, um, you know, at birth. That's, That's usually what they say. So, okay, so it's a matter of geography. It's not a matter of gestation. It's not a matter of development. It's a matter of geography. It's where the it's where the human being is in proximity to the uterine wall. And at that point, right, then it then legal rights attach. And so when people start down that path, 
you end up walking them to a place that a lot of people feel very uncomfortable at. That's why that argument works. And she can't even answer it. It's pretty amazing. Now, speaking of, this is the terrible segue. Speaking of abortion, um, <laughs> I've got this uh, uh, Twitter account open, as I always do. And I, uh, the North Carolina political press, they are all a Twitter over a breaking story. They have uncovered some Facebook posts that Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson posted publicly that have been up on his page for a decade. They have just found them. They are very, very, very happy. Kind of. Because they think they got him. I'll tell you what it's about up next.